Day. It's a new game for us. Tailgates, tips and takes. I'm Brendan Peterman. Co-host, Louis Fontenot. Hey, now. Oh, boy. I did it quickly, see? We got a lot to cover. Oh, boy. The podcast, we don't write the podcast. The podcasts write themselves. We woke up the past three mornings and said, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you for giving us our bounty. Thank you for content. I appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) It's been kind of wild. I won't lie. We were talking about about just putting together a sports rando, eh, it's off the season podcast, and then all this just went down. Where do you want to start? Let's let's do it. The the biggest. Oh, of let's all, start right? with the king and how the king is afraid his crown is going to fall off. Yeah, Nick Saban, my word, dude. Um, I'm I'm gonna call it Saban the baby or Saban the the crybaby. Good God! So it comes out with Saban saying, you know, it, by the way, the most ironic part of the whole Saban outcry of the past forty eight seventy two hours is that he's sitting at more or less a mini fundraiser event where he's trying to raise money for his school and saying that A&M bought every player. I thought that was rather comical, but then, you know, shots fired. And then Fisher after finally beating his protege for the first time ever and being the first assistant to knock off Saban decides he's going to fire back. And it went back, forth, back, forth, back, forth until this morning, the SEC shut that shit down real fast. So there's not going to be too many more words about that. What was your first initial thoughts when you heard Saban talk? Where did you go in your brain? Because I know you go a couple different avenues. This was calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, factoring in his non-apology, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> yeah. I literally sat there and said to myself, I have information behind this as to what Alabama may or may not do. And, uh, you know, that guy in the, the, the last row of the theater going, bullshit, bullshit. You know, I don't appreciate what he did because of who he is. When you're on the throne, you don't demean yourself. Yeah. And he stepped down to the paupers. Yeah, he did. Let's go ahead and say it. You know, who was reminiscent of, I mean, just totally reeks of coach K in college basketball. Oh my right? God. I was going to say that. And we did not talk about this off pod. I mean, great moment for us in the mid nineties, yep. right? We play a certain style of basketball. We're not going to play that one, you know, for uh, surrounding one center and then boom, 2000s hit change his style of play. Yep. Then it comes out to one and done. Oh, I don't promote. Oh, I don't recruit. One and and done we, are, we are in lockstep tonight. Woo. Right. I love it. What yep. was it? Three years later, he's got all one and done kids. He's got right? Kyrie. He's got Tatum. Yeah. He's Kyrie got- has a cup of coffee. Corey Maggette did it for one year. He got really pissed at Corey Maggette, which yep. Corey Maggette kind of sets the trend wildly enough at Duke, I should say, because other kids obviously jumped and you know and, jumped. And Maggette did nothing, but that's that's the funniest yeah. part. Like he was the one that set the trend. But, but yeah, that yeah. that's kind of wild. But honestly, yeah. it it more than anything else, it reeks of being scared. I mean, Fisher oh, and AM, you know, Texas you. AM at AM. Thank you. The yeah. backup quarterback comes in and beats, you know, beats you at home. I mean, they 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 stayed with you, you know, a puncher's chance. They stayed with you step for step in that game. And now all of a sudden you're gonna say, Oh, they paid for all their players. Dude, you guys have been paying for all your players since the 70s and 80s. Why do you think SMU got the death penalty? This isn't new. 
This has been going on for at least 40, if not closer to 50 years. So this is not new when it comes to college football. Now it's just legal. Now it's all on the up and up. Another one I want to point out, and I hate pointing it out because people make it feel like I'm a hater of this guy. I'm not a hater of this guy, but he's the most outspoken example after Eric Dickerson of SMU is when Cam Newton went to Florida, threw away the laptop. If you know, go Google the story, folks. He throws away the laptop. Then he goes to junior college, wins a, I think, championship or goes to the championship game. And then he's going to transfer back to a D1 school. His choices were, folks, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn. From all accounts, if you go back and read the story, Mississippi State, $180,000 offer, Tennessee, $200,000 offer. But he decided to go to Auburn where they offered him zero. Speaking of the guy in the back row, go ahead and hit me with it one time. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> There's no way that didn't happen. Yeah. No freaking way. Not okay? with his father. Not with his no. father. No. Not with his father and the church. No. And stuff. Bleep this out later, Lewis. You're the editor. No yeah. fucking way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. It, it, there's just no way that that worked out that way. Now that it's all on the up and up and everyone can do it, I think he's just pissy that Tennessee put up a bunch of money and Texas A&M put up a bunch of money and Alabama, I guess, doesn't have enough boosters. That doesn't make sense. I think it's more of a, you said it correctly at the beginning, it was more of a calculated move. I think being in that fundraiser event that I mentioned at the beginning is that he was trying to get his boosters to kind of come up. Come on, donors, give me the money. Come on. You like the national championships? You like the winning? I do too. Let's keep winning them. Give me more money. That's what it felt like. I, 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 can, I can speak to his strategy or strategery, as we like to say sometimes. Tennessee has devoted $25 million a year. A&M has the number one recruiting class and a bunch of NIL money. You just lost to two of your former subordinates in one year when it had never happened before. Mm-hmm. Talk about a guy yeah, my bad. who is sitting there going, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's – and that see, this is the problem that I have with this. That's not a move by a Saban slash Belichickian person. Like, you don't admit defeat, and you just publicly did. Like, Yeah, it was kind of wild, wasn't it? You're, you're admitting you got outplayed at chess when everybody else was supposedly playing checkers? Like, No. I'm sorry. No. After last year, if you really want to show how great you are, you eat your humble pie. You keep silent. Mm-hmm. You beat the shit out of everybody with the hottest quarterback in all of college football. Let's be honest. And you go out there and you decimate everybody and go, what NIL? Okay. Yeah. My quarterback. Cool. Is there another announced player on Alabama that has it? Not right now. Not that I've seen. Exactly. You could go out there and, and you could literally just pull it out and go, I'm better. Yep. You know, something else that's interesting. Did you, uh, did you look at schedules like I did today? I did a little, did a little research. Anybody want to know who Alabama's playing in week two? University of Texas at Texas. Oh, is that like a nationally know, televised game or something? Do you know how many games you normally get suspended for when you start speaking ill of other schools? about two games interesting that the sec commissioner comes out today and goes all right enough and if i hear any more from you it's going to keep going up don't be surprised if him and jimbo because i looked at their schedules 
uh, Alabama plays Utah State to start, and AM, I think, plays Sam Houston State to start. Don't be surprised if they each get a one-game suspension, and if they talk more, they'll get more. Because in week three, AM travels to Miami. Not that that's a super hard game, but if you keep talking noise, he's going to keep bumping up the suspensions, and then you're going to start getting into a non-conference game where you want your head coach there. So it's going to be very curious on that. Ironically, I might be going to the AM game at Alabama. Ooh, that's a good one. That's uh I was actually I was gonna try to, I was gonna try to get you in tow there as well. Yeah, maybe it depends. October is always tough, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Well, listen, um, we're just we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna ship our kids to China so they work for, for now. <laughs> you know, that's a that's an NIL deal. Can right? We just send them to Elon Musk's place and let him, you know, yeah, figure sure out that for a weekend. <laughs> ship them off into space. I don't care. I mean, yeah, October. If my kid doesn't say please and thank you one more time, it's it's open. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's going to be a very interesting game, uh, October. Now, 8th. now let me ask this. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think this levels college football? You think this what levels college football? I mean, look at Addison. He shot out to USC. Oh, sorry, we you pivoted on me. Um, Jordan Addison, yeah. Do I think it levels college football in terms of people getting the same level of talent? Yeah. Or keeping um, it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember this is, I think the hard part's going to be keeping it. We talked about how, you know, there's going to be some Georgia tech running back who transfers to Alabama and that's almost exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guys who don't go to like maybe the top, you know, eight to 10 schools, right. You got like five or six in the sec, you got USC and Oregon in the PAC 12, you got Ohio state, Michigan, Notre Dame, you know, if you don't go to one of those 10 to 12 schools, you're going to transfer to one of those 10 or 12 schools. And that's exactly what Jordan Addison did. Went from Pitt to USC, um, gives Caleb Williams a a nice weapon there, um, being the the leading receiver. I don't know how I feel about it, because now not only are we allowing folks to move from like, you know, like we said, a Georgia Tech to an Alabama, now they're going to be guys going from power five schools to other power five schools. It just seems like the rich continue to get richer and the NIL will not level it. I think it's going to go the other way. I think, I, I think it's lining up to where it's going to be mega conferences. I actually have a solution for this problem. Um, oh, Oh, I do. Um, yeah. I, if the NCAA wants to survive and let's be honest, they're not going to, but if they want to, the, the, the rule should be okay you go somewhere you sign an nil deal you're there no transfer Mm -hmm. if you sign the nil deal specifically yep Yep. like that you're done work you're three years you want to leave as a junior you're entitled because you can go to pro but you cannot transfer you Mm -hmm. can't sign for one year at one mil then jump to somebody else for two mil the next year no See, that's the problem with the NIL. When I believe when the NCAA lost that court ruling, they didn't have anything in place. They weren't brainstorming it the way they do the college football playoff. College football playoff is going to take years beyond years until it's settled on what the number is, how it's going to work, et cetera. It's going to be 12, but yeah. Yeah, but, but my point is, even when it does come out, you and I have something to talk about, we'll probably disagree with something. We'll be like, well, I don't really like one through four getting a buy or, you know, something, something yeah. will, something will be uh, egregious and we'll disagree. Disagreed with. Yes. Yep. 
The other big thing I see when I, when I talk about making these super conferences, you know, the NCAA on Wednesday relaxed restrictions on conference championship games. That allows leagues to determine teams that participate. And everyone goes, well, okay, why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? Well, at, at a conference like the SEC, where you have all these powers in the West and you have one or two teams in the East, if the SEC now gets to dictate who plays in the, in the final two, whatever, whatever rules they go by, they're cool with that. If it's two SEC West teams that just have a great bang out year and Georgia and all the teams in the East have a, you know, a 10 and two year or 10 and three year, which is down, which is ironic, but let's just say you got Alabama and Texas A&M are both, you know, 12 and 0, 11 and one in the West. There's no more of this. Well, we're only taking one from the West. Sorry. This, this plays advantage for bigger conferences, right? I actually think the SEC will, will play chess here. Um, mm-hmm. If you have an undefeated school and you've got it, whatever you want to call it, 11 and one in the West, why would you pit that? Let's say you've got an East team that has two losses already. Why wouldn't you put them up for slaughter? Yeah, exactly. Because they allow some team in because they're all, they only have one loss. But if you get rid of divisions, what's going to happen is like Texas coming into the SEC, they no longer have to play the SEC West. They're just, they're pitted against eight teams in the conference. doesn't matter who it is. Okay. So they're no longer stuck with, oh man, I got to run through this gauntlet in the West and I'm stuck. They can run through whatever eight games it is. And if you happen to have the best winning percentage, you're in the SEC championship. I'm this plays you. out. This this reeks of Alabama and the other big schools and colluding. This this feels like USC said, you know what? Kind of tired of the whole like I'm in the Pac-12 South. If there's two teams in the Pac-12 South that are better, we're just going to play them rather than some eight and four squad getting in. I mean, it really does. You I know, know, but it also helps. It helps the other conferences. I mean, well, it also helps. It also helps. In the future, if you think of the mega conference, right? You think of the 32 team mega conference, right? The two top with the best division is who we're playing. We're not, it doesn't matter if there's common opponent. They're just, they won't care. But um, let's see, where else can we pivot? Let's go to, you got the ranking of the coaches, right? I do. All right. So CBS Sports dropped a little extra offseason uh, fodder for us, which was nice. The top 25 power five coaches ranked from 25 or all the way from 65 up to one. We're just going to cover the top 10, maybe give an honorable mention to a couple guys in the teams kind of area. So at 10, Oklahoma state, they got Mike Gundy. I mean, we should start at 15, but that's just my opinion. Anyway. Well, of course you would. It's Penn state. No, no <laughs> and honestly, I think Mike Gundy and James Franklin are the same. I think kind of like you say, from like from, from six back to what? 15 You're six to 15 is pretty much all the same guy. You've got a shot at the title. If you have a good run, if you run through conference, you're going to have a shot at the title. I mean, you're, right? yeah. You're, yes. I mean, and, and again, the, the next couple of names, are you going to put them over Franklin? Okay. You might one year, but you maybe one back. year or two years, but yeah, you got Mike Gundy at 10. Harbaugh at nine out of Michigan. I mean, I've got, I got, I got issues there, but that's well, like, no surprise. Big 10 hater. No, 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 no. no. I mean, how long? I think we both. Had? He had one good year. And now all of a sudden it's, he's back in the, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. So at eight, we got Utah, Kyle Whittingham. Eh, eh. That's, that's how I feel about that. I'm doing that's the what I call, that's what I call recency bias. 
Yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. Then at seven, oh, God, just throw up in your mouth. Uh, seven, LSU, Brian Kelly. This is this is reactionary. It's not it's – not This is all about – Because if he goes out and fails as an SEC coach, then, I mean, I would not put him up there. I would wait a year. I would have put him in the, meet, the mid-teens and hoped and prayed. You know what I this wouldn't have, I wouldn't have given him the golden ticket. You know what this feels like, Brian Kelly? Remember when Charlie Strong went from Louisville to Texas? Yep. Oh, we finally got the guy. We finally got the coach. He got all the recruits, all the money, all the everything, and then he failed, and now he's like at South Florida. I, I think he ended up at I, – I, he might have ended up at Texas. I know he was the coach at Houston, but who's, who's the guy that looks like Omar Epps and Mike Tomlin? Oh, Mike Sumlin. That was the guy at Texas A&M. And now he's at Arizona, okay, got fired yep. from Arizona. And, I mean, everybody's like, oh, it's over. We got him. Ooh, yeah. no, 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 you don't. don't. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what about, I, I know you're a Penn State guy, but at six, Ohio State, Ryan Day. I mean, I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's one of the elites, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I hate, I, I, I mean, I hate to say this. He, he's kind of properly listed here. Um, yeah. I mean, he, what are we at? Two seasons? And he's had three. three. It says here three seasons, 34 and four. I mean, I mean, it's Ohio State. Most guys can, I mean, you can go. Yeah, you and I, you and I can go to that State. record with, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't know. It's kind of in between. So the top five, this is where I kind of go, really? Okay. Uh, five, Jimbo Fisher, A&M. Once again, a recency bias play, I think. Uh, yes, because it was, yeah, last year, now, last year alone. Yep. If A&M can continue to elevate, and continue to uh, can continue to ascend in the SEC and actually get to a title game. This might show more merit, but for now, five, yeah, it's good. It's in the, it's in the ballpark. Number four, <laughs> big X for me. Disagree. I, I'm out on this one. I'm, I'm out. out. I am completely out. out. I would drop him all the way down out of the top ten and just move everybody up a spot. Lincoln Riley at USC. I'm sorry. I, I we don't I'm have to say it we don't. I'm going to say it. Again. It's the same yeah. as Brian Kelly. Put him back in what the game. Teams. Right. You and I both agree. What college football playoff game has he won? The answer is none of them. He's won the Big 12 championship. That's cool. Have you even made it to a national title game? No. When you play a larger than life opponent, do y'all really stand a chance against them? No. When you play a team like Tulane who came in there and almost beat you, like, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't see it. Someone is going to have to show it, it's, it's once again. It's the fact that he reached the playoffs three times. That's, I, I mean, need, again, he got blown out every time. No. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. one was the uh, overtime game, uh, Baker Mayfield, Georgia. I mean, it was a close game. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But that was a back and forth game where it may but or may not. The other two were blowouts. Other two, they got waxed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I want anybody. I, I literally would put the, the the challenge out there to anyone who listens to us. Can you name me 20 or more plays from the Lincoln Riley playbook that I can go? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I remember that play. You can't because it's a I, I'm telling you guys, it's a Madden playbook. That's what he has. He has an NCAA Madden playbook. It's a video game playbook. Anyway. Oof, I'm and, off that soapbox. And, and the passing way. game is is that everybody go long. Right. Yeah. So number three. I actually have a problem with this one. 
let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, they say he's the third best coach behind. Well, you can pretty much assume who the top two are, but I'm going to ask it like this. Is Dabo Sweeney third because he's a good coach or because he's a good person? I think this is a good person ranking for him when really his coaching is, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to coach on the whole student athlete and being a good guy thing, yeah, I get why Dabo's up there, but I, I don't know. I'm in between. What do you think? What's your, what's your I, thought? I think I, I mean, number two and three could be flipped and I wouldn't have a problem with it. Again, it's recency bias. Like he's been there. He's been there for the better part of a decade. He's, he's doing it. I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to hold flames to the feet of other people, he had one bad year. Now, yeah. did a particular podcaster that you co-host with call that? No. He did. No. I don't appreciate <laughs> Just to see your face. <laughs> that was worth it. Yeah, no, no, no. You've been calling it all year. I know you have. I, I, and, and that was because the cupboard was there. And, and his quarterback, that was the anointed one. Again, and this is what happens was not the anointed one that's so we have to we have to take that into effect as well um Mm -hmm. i i look at it this way there's nobody that can go higher because there's nobody with a better tracker that's a fair way of saying it i mean if you you look at it and i don't disagree with the good person thing um again he's in a conference where he isn't challenged so it's kind of that too it's very similar to baseball when like someone gets inducted into the hall of fame it's like was he really that good a ball player or was he just good with the press kind of deal and it's like well sometimes he's good with the press he knows how to well knows how to as, butter as them someone up. who's living here in st louis and he says it's his last year um and i don't i don't think he's hit a home run yet this year i think pujols is still 21 away from from 700 yeah um i, I think he might have hit one he might have because he tied somebody but like it, okay. i mean he's not on any sort of scorching pace where he's going to hit 20 right. home runs. Well, I mean, in, in, in the dog days of summer, that's probably when an older man is going to hit his home runs because he's going to be. And let's be honest. Do we really think he's whatever age he says he is? He's from the Dominican. Oh, I'm only 25. I've never believed, not for one second. That they, he said, yeah, I'm they, a 21-year-old. I'm, I'm not going to lie either. It's, it's a, <laughs> I was looking at him like, dude, you're like 28. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Know. It was like LeBron came out from the Bronx that was like 16. <laughs> yeah. Like, LeBron year. comes out. He's 6'8", 240. I'm 5'10", 150. Not that I'm like the epitome of all athletic prowess or anything, but he comes out and they're like, yeah, he's a 16-year-old. I'm like, no, nah, that dude's 22 and he's got like two kids already. Don't give me um, <laughs> I really, truly believe in the the numbers. And if you look at the numbers, minus, you know, in baseball, it's PEDs. But, you know, you look at the numbers. I mean, he still won the ACC last year and he sucked. Yeah. Like, and so that's the mark of a good games. Yeah. Like you said, a down year for him, he wins 10 games and 10 games. fails, you know, fails and, to win the ACC. He, he looks shitty doing it. That's, By the like, way. It wasn't a Clemson year. That's, and then that's. Speaking of Clemson, we might have to go back and look at it. But Clemson might have been a, one of these teams that would have gotten the advantage of I'm playing on the same side. And because of that, I'm not in the, in the conference championship game. We'll have to look that one up. Cause I yep. think he might be one, one of the candidates. Yep. All right. On to number two. Once again, we know the top two are, but right now they have two Georgia Kirby smart. 
won a national championship. Of course, he's going to be up here. The thing that I'm very interested in, and I, I saw this earlier today, and I've seen it around a few other places, they just graduated a bunch of guys. They just had the record, 15 guys drafted in the NFL. Talk about cupboards going bare. Are they going to be bare, or are they going to retool and restock and be ready for this SEC? Season? I see. I, I, it's going to be interesting. About a month and a half from now is mm-hmm. when I start looking at who's got what. I pay attention to the mock drafts that McShay and Kuiper do because they have nothing better to do with their time. And I start paying attention to who can be a standout. The reason that I called for Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson last year to have down years is because they were not riddled with standouts. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had this conversation before with you and, and on the pod, but Alabama didn't really have a running back. Yeah. Their wide receiver core was too deep. And with Clemson, I didn't believe in the quarterback. And I also didn't believe in their defense, which shockingly, oh, I was right. And what I didn't like about Ohio State was, A, a freshman quarterback. And I liked their wide receivers. They relied on their running back too much. Mm -hmm. Bit him in the ass. By the way, I also challenge everyone, including my co-hosts, because – this isn't against you. This is against us, yeah. you and I both. Yeah. Can you name the starting quarterback at Georgia next year? Uh, it's – I can't. <laughs> I, 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 well, JT um, went to West Virginia. Uh-huh. I think it's the kid from the national championship game, and he still – I don't remember his name. Stetson Bennett? Yeah. I think he's a senior. I think he's gone. No. So he's gone. No. JT's – he's not gone? No, that's why JT – they, they were going to stick with Bennett. And so, again, okay. I am not impressed by him. I'll look that up. But Your yeah. defense is gone. Yeah, they, they lost Your so defense much on their defense is G-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. So, you want to talk about a couple of – listen, they might have talented people, but if you don't have starters coming back, you don't have that experience, Yeah, that's, that's a cupboard is bare. And on the defensive side, I think the cupboard is bare. In the SEC, against teams like Florida, I mean, even Missouri has an offense. Yeah, Tennessee has an offense, you know, from time to time. SEC East uh, is not going to be a pushover anymore. Yeah, no, the SEC East is building slowly, right? Kentucky, Mizzou, Tennessee. Okay, I mean, with Stoops down there and not going to Oklahoma, which actually, that pissed me off because I heard the opposite. Let's say – Okay, so let's say Georgia next year, right? You, just in the SEC East, you have a rising Tennessee. You have a rising Kentucky. You have Mizzou that always has an offense. You have South Carolina that has Rattler. Does that work out? Does that not? Who knows? You're, you're going to have a little bit of a, a stronger, tougher uh, strength of schedule this year than in years past. So good luck with that. And then, of course, number one, the king to the throne. Like you said, he's been crying about it. Nick Saban. They say he's the king until he retires. Who's going to overtake him? Isn't it going to take Kirby Smart winning three national championships for this to even change? I honestly, um, I, I, I do have a rebuttal there. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason I say this, it's not going to be one person. Ah, and that's, that's, that's where I, I, all these changes, especially with the championship games and things like that. Like, look at the Big Ten. If you're a Big Ten championship, and yes, I'm going to homer this, but let's say, because it, it does happen. Ohio State and Penn State are usually the two best teams. 
have been for about 10 years, right? That's fair? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For you sure. put them in the championship game. Guess what? One of those two, if they've got zero losses or one loss, because they played each other already, the winner of that game is going into the playoff. And you know what? Some strange shit might happen. USC might surprise somebody because now they've got a coach. They've got a quarterback. They've got a wide receiver. Strange shit might happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect Georgia to beat Alabama the second time around, but they showed their hand to Georgia the first time, and Kirby learned. Kirby almost took it in the SEC. Well, he did. Took it in the SEC championship to learn, and it paid off. It did. I mean, if you're going to win something, win the national championship, and he knew he was booked for the playoff. Oh, by the way, uh, going back to that whole – I was just looking it up. They would not have benefited – from Clemson being in the ACC championship. There is NC State in their way. But you know what conference would have had what we just talked about? Your beloved Big Ten. Instead of being Michigan and Iowa, it would have been Michigan and Ohio State. Everyone would much prefer that as a Big Ten title game. Yes. So You know what? If Ohio State comes back and beats them, I mm-hmm. think Ohio State can have a much better chance. Game against Georgia? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yep. For sure, for sure. Well, their, cool. offense, well, covered, their offense was better. Yeah, so we've covered that. Um, last thing I'm going to leave us on, because we are, like we said, a betting a betting podcast. Give you a few little betting tips. We're going to look at the latest odds for this year's college football season, who they believe can win the national championship. Any thoughts on who's going to be number one? No surprise here, right? Got um, Alabama. Wow, I thought it was going to be Central Florida. No, not quite, buddy. Sorry. Sorry. Alabama plus 200, Georgia plus 350. Once again, I think all the usual suspects here at the top five, but Georgia plus 350, Ohio State plus 500. Here's where it gets wild to me. Clemson is at plus 1,000. So they're they're listed fifth on this, and this is from covers.com. So they do fairly well with their sports betting. This is what surprises me right away. So Clemson's at plus 1,000. We just discussed them. Eh, kind of in the mix last year, but not really. I, well, no. I, mean, I think they're giving it to people who could win right. their, their league. Like Then that's... it immediately goes from plus 1,000 to plus 3,000, meaning 30 to 1 odds with Texas A&M. Then it jumps again to USC and Oklahoma at 40 to 1 odds, plus 4,000. Then Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, LSU, Utah. You know, you, you start getting – once you get past LSU, Utah, you're, you're – you're past the 80 to one on the odds, mm-hmm. uh, including your beloved Penn State at plus 8,000. Eh, it could be fun. One, I think these odds are a little bit outlandish, but I guess if you're thinking process of elimination, who's going to get there? Alabama and Georgia are always kind of high. They, they want you to they want you to bet now. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's also like and, and part of the reason why you see it you know, right before the championship game, if somebody magically rides the Cinderella, like let's take a team. uh, And the only reason I I saw this and and one of the teams that I actually thought was like, okay, it's outlandish, but it could happen because they, I I think they're a good enough program right now, but Kentucky. Okay. So let's say somebody placed 100 bucks on Kentucky and let's just say they ran away with the East a Cinderella through the SEC championship game, they're in the title in the playoff. or they're in the playoff. Yeah. Well, okay. Then you're going to start seeing the bets like, Oh, I can win $15,000 or, Oh, I put a thousand on it and it's going to be up, yeah. you know, 150 up, you know, like, right. Yeah. yeah. Plus 15,000 odds, 150 more, 
150 to one odds. Right. The ones that I kind of found interesting on this list, weren't they in the Big 12 title game last year, Oklahoma State and Baylor? Michael yes. Lost, and they missed out on that fifth spot. Oklahoma State at plus 10,000 on this list and Baylor at plus 15,000. Neither one lost their coach. They're both coming back with pretty decent squads. Maybe not the highest recruiting classes, but they were that close last year. And now you come back this year. Those are good odds. Those are good long shot odds. Those are, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you got the money to lay and you honestly, but, yeah, you know, it, it, I hate to say this, but a, a friend of mine and I used to do this. We mm-hmm. would take the top 10 and put a hundred bucks down on all of them. And stuff like this. Like, well, there was the NFL or you right, know, right, right. In the season. And, and if, if somebody hits, that's not supposed to, you make out. And you know right. what, at the worst of it, and let's be honest, if you're putting down a thousand dollars and let's just say Ohio State wins, mm-hmm. you're still getting 600 bucks back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're getting your bet plus 500. So it's like you only lost $400. Well, listen, I've lost more than that on one game. So, right. Well, yeah. I haven't yet. Um, I probably lost a $400 parlay. <laughs> oh, know, no. I, you know what? 10 I bucks to win you 500. Kind of and then I, you know, I would. I would go double or nothing like a Monday yeah, night sure. type of thing. Like that's, you know, I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's me, I'm sticking with the usual suspects here. I'm thinking maybe not Georgia because of the, the barren cupboard kind of uh, philosophy. I would put my money on Alabama, Ohio state, and then take a long shot. I actually uh, think body. Florida comes out of the sec East or Tennessee. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I'm not favoring Georgia there. I'm not. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I would take whoever you think would be next in the sec East. I agree with that. And that would look like that would be a Florida or Kentucky play, right? Well, cool. Okay, Moss there, Padre. Anything else you can think of? Oh, the dream NBA finals for oh, our dream NBA finals. Yeah. For Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, uh, folks, not only are we going to do some college softball and baseball in a few days, but the NBA finals could end up as the Dallas Mavericks, who would inevitably lose to my Boston Celtics. Yeah, I think Boston-Dallas is a better matchup than Dallas is playing right now. I love Luka because he's, he's Larry Bird to me. Like, he's, he's definitely got that. But I will tell you this, and I'm never, ever in the past 20 years have you heard that the defensive team of the year has won the NBA title, and Boston is playing – as if they could make defense a thing and win a title. And that to me is astronomically strange. Like game two was hilarious. Once smart was back there, Hofer was back there and we had our defensive team. Miami couldn't score. Now I don't know what that's going to translate to with golden state or Dallas, but I would love to see it. We actually own golden state, believe it or not. If you look at a record through through the years, we actually own that. So I I, I want Dallas for us, but you know I wouldn't right. mind Golden State as a back. Yeah, well, for Dallas, their biggest challenge is um, is defense. I feel, um, you know, if, if Luca is going to be hidden on defense, well, who's he guarding? Right? You're going to guard what? Marcus Smart? You're going to guard Jalen Brown, Tatum? I mean, it, it becomes it doesn't become a well. We think we can outshoot them because we. Dallas has proven that they can do that against a good team. They just took a team that lost less than 20 games for the whole year 
and beat them four out of five times, which is kind of outrageous when you consider that over a whole NBA season, they didn't lose more than three games in a month, but all of a sudden they lost four out of five. So that was kind of wild in itself. Dallas's biggest problem is always going to be which of your second tier stars are coming out tonight, right? Is Dinwiddie going to have yep. six stellar games? Is Brunson going to have six stellar games? Are you going to get the Max Kleba, um, Bertans, Bertans uh, minutes from the from the five? Are they going to give you enough offensive production? That's why. That's why I always had a problem. Always with the case. Yeah, that's I why I always had a problem with Porzingis on your team because when he was in yes. New York, he was the only option. And when you're the yeah. only option, you're going to score 25 points a game. Right. Well, no it's what. actually been a, a a a positive with having Dinwiddie and Bertans over having by subtraction. Yep. Oh yeah, very much so. The sad part for me is that um, Tim Hardaway Jr streaky shooter he's that irrational confidence guy and that's the one guy that Dallas is missing against a team like Golden State so I see more of a Golden State and six kind of thing but I'm still rooting for my guys right they played tonight. if you win tonight you got you have a shot there's always a puncher's chance you lose this one it's especially with a a veteran team I I don't think you got it but yeah you made it this far you have to you have to take into account that each team, right? Because you're in the NBA, you're all professionals. Each team is going to have a one night. They shoot lights out. They just, they make more threes than humanly possible. They, that was game one. Right. That's game one that for Golden game. State. Oh my God. Is that, that game two for Dallas? Maybe. Is it maybe game three for Dallas and it becomes a momentum now? It's only two games. to You know, it just it's all on how it's going to fall. In game one, if I had put on a Golden State jersey, I could have gone three for five from three. Yeah, well, they're pretty wide open. So, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. We, we know this. It is what it is. We're hoping for a Boston-Dallas finals. That would be a lot of fun for us. A little extra uh, content. But, um, you know, that's a little wishful thinking in Dallas right now. But we'll, we'll see how the series progresses. Maybe we'll Maybe we'll get some good luck, get some good fortune along the way. Absolutely. So, all right, I, man. Uh, I, I'm very happy with uh, the recent changes. Uh, obviously, you and I are uh, doing well here. And please, college football, keep giving us topics in the offseason. <laughs> please, please just help us. Just can write I, it for us. Can we just, can we just throw, like, random topics to random coaches and let them feed on that? I mean, it's like – it's like having a screenwriter. It just kind of worked out. It's beautiful. So. It's like when Saturday Night Live gets a, a, a political thing like yeah. I've been saying. Yeah, like, oh, we've got our cold open. Great yeah. show. Thanks. Everybody. I mean, I know I'm fairly certain, if not 100% certain, that everyone at SNL was like, oh, Trump is president. Oh, politically, I'm not okay with that. But every single one of them was like, ooh, four years of material. <laughs> Come yeah. on. I mean, it was, it was, Let's not lie, right? So, oh, I mean, that's that's back like when Tina Fey was uh, was uh, yeah, Oh my god! Or before the, that, the, when the gift um, came from the heavens. But anyway, uh, no, I I'm thrilled. I unfortunately, uh, you know, this is the off season, so we we do this probably once to every two weeks. Yeah. So it's we slow. Apologize, but it's slow time right now. It's slow time. We will. I think our listeners know that they'll they'll catch up with us when we get get in the high gear. So thank everybody that listens. Um, Absolutely. Also, just want to let you know that going into the summer, and we are only, and I do mean this, two months away from the start of camp. Ooh. And then we also have this little thing called the, you know, baseball and softball championship. So we're going to focus on that the next couple of weeks. 
Um, yep. I, I do want to say college softball regionals start this weekend. Yep. Yep. Should be starting to today, I believe. Yeah, we're, we're recording on the So, yep. So, we'll have Super Regionals by Mexipod. Yep. And, and then baseball that, regionals so will be finished. Look forward to that. Again, Greenland did not qualify for the tournament because fuck that. Oh, no. Oh, that's sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's co host Brendan Peterman. I'm co host Louis Fano. Thank you for checking us out. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, share, enjoy. And as always, you guys have a good one. See you later.